Welcome to Everyday People Podcast with me, Nyung Bo. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to dream and live your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous, turn over a million plus a year, have lots of degrees or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact in your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is meant to be for you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? Adele Ferroni is joining me in the studio today. She is a water engineer and a baker. We met last year at the International Women's Day dinner that I hosted and although she couldn't make it to this year's dinner, she was behind the gorgeous purple and on theme four layer cake that sat at the front of the room and oh my gosh, it was finger licking so good. So I've been following Adele closely since on Instagram and LinkedIn and love her content from the wonderful desserts that she makes to the photos that she captures whilst doing a site visit for work or whilst on holiday in Darwin. Welcome Adele. First of all, tell us a bit about your Italian background and how it's shaped you. You know, on your Instagram, you mentioned that you're a pastor. And how do you say this word? Annihilator. Annihilator. (laughs) So um, my family background, I'm Italian, Irish and also Australian. But a lot of my my family that we are surrounded by are all Italian. So essentially just take on that. I think it's the food scene of Italy in particular has really just influenced my passion for it and understanding of how food brings people together. That's why I've just fallen on this path of food exploration and yeah. So what other aspects of your Italian background do you think you've embraced? To be honest, I think it's mainly just the food. (laughs) How about personality? I mean, I've got two younger sisters as well um, and we're all very loud (laughs) and expressive. (laughs) So maybe some of that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, of the part that you say you come across as fake Italian sometimes, why do you feel like that, even though you've got Italian in your blood? I think maybe just because it's, you know, I wasn't born in Italy. My parents aren't born in Italy. They don't speak Italian. And I've also got the Irish background and the Australian background that I've mainly really taken on the Italian side because my surname's Ferroni and, you know, I should be embracing it a little bit more and who cares? And I hope that you keep that up because we want to see the Italian culture thriving still in Melbourne because we're multicultural you know if the next generations aren't going to continue their culture then we miss out on you know all the food and all the fun customs that you guys bring. So you're a water engineer? I am. So why are you so passionate about water and where did that love come from? I'm gonna go back 20 something years ago (laughs) when I was little I think for me what's really important is I think for anyone really is that a lot of the experiences that you have as a child they tend to influence how you are as an adult and for me I grew up with two parents that were both shift workers. Mum was always very creative and growing up she would always make colourful crafts and let us cook in the kitchen and I think a lot of the food and came from from mum but my dad in particular when I was, I think, maybe five or six, he bought myself and my sisters this big book of science activities. It was huge. It was like, I don't know, I'm saying like 20 centimetres thick. Like it had all sorts of things and little materials and we made radios and what else did we do? We did a whole, whole bunch of experiments. And he also bought me a weather station, which we put on the top Amazing. of my cubby house. <laughs> Where does he buy this? 
don't know. I don't know. He, what Toys R Us? Some Toys Tour, but it was an actual proper weather station. You know, he put it up on the top of the cubby house and we used to watch the weather and track the rainfall. And ever since then, that love of science and how things work, particularly like rain and like the climate, that sort of influenced how I've gotten into water engineering. So I studied environmental engineering at RMIT and then progressed into the surface water space. And I know how important water is and I think we really need to value it and cherish it a lot more and protect it. I work mainly in the urban development sector. My work usually revolves around how water behaves and how water acts in an urban sense and making sure that any runoff of stormwater that enters our drains are meeting the quantity and quality regulations that we have with different councils and water authorities, as well as trying to make sure that we reuse water in the best possible way. And What's some good things that we can do ourselves at home? The little things like brushing your teeth, don't leave the tap on. You can use grey water for your toilet systems. The grey water that comes from your laundry and like washing machines and stuff, you can actually reuse that in the garden. Even like yeah. having plants, that helps with filtering water and cleaning out stormwater. Yeah, you'll see a lot of developments these days and there's always like a wetland or a big detention system that's always sort of at the downstream portion of this development and mm-hmm. that acts as firstly you're slowing down the water that comes from the development into or what will eventually enter the waterways as well as the nutrients in the plants that are planted around the wetland that will actually treat all of that water. Why do we need to slow down the water? When you have a new development that occurs out in the the outer suburbs, you're taking a piece of rural land and turning it into essentially a concrete jungle, Mm -hmm. an urban jungle, which means that all the... Cause flooding? Is that where you're going? yeah, Yeah, yeah. So the water will run off and it'll enter the waterways a lot faster, which means that a lot more erosion will occur and properties that are downstream Mm. are um, Mm. subject to flooding and that causes a whole array of mess. And then, you know, once the water enters the bays completely downstream, like Port Phillip Bay, you know, you've got water there that's just collected sediment along the way because Mm. it's gone too fast and the volume of it, yeah. Oh, my God, you're doing good stuff. I'm sure (laughs) that we're trying to mimic the natural environment as well when we're building new developments. So you've brought in your journal. I have. What you want to share wasn't to do with something personal, but it's more to do with water. Like this is how passionate you are (laughs) about water that you want to share. It is about water, but I think it applies to your everyday life and how you live. It's from this Chinese book called The Book of the Way and Its Virtues, but it's passage number eight and it's essentially about water and how we, we live. It goes, the supreme goodness is like water. It benefits all things without contention. In dwelling, it stays grounded. In being, it flows to depths. In expression, it is honest. In confrontation, it stays gentle. In governance, it does not control. In actions, it aligns to timing. It is content with its nature and therefore cannot be faulted. And I think that really relates to life in general. Do you want to share how it relates to your life? For me at the moment, like... This year in particular, sort of been struggling with some mental health issues and being able to know that it's not completely in my control and I've just got to sort of let things go and let it flow its path, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially like water. Yes. It will all settle at whatever point and it's all sort of meant to be. The universe is supposed to align, you know. Yeah, yeah.
The next topic that we are going to go into is mental health. It's a topic where we both have exchanged support to one another via Instagram messages. Because, you know, you're working full time and you're a baker on the side. How has the journey been trying to find that balance? And, yeah, what have you learnt and want to continue doing? It's been hard juggling life-work balance. It's not easy. And especially, I think, as a young professional, and you know this as well, that you enter the workforce after you've finished uni and, you know, you want to impress. So then you work long hours or you go in above and beyond, essentially, to prove yourself mm. in the workplace. So this year has been a chance, especially in this, like the past couple of months, a chance to just stop and reevaluate what I'm achieving in my workplace and what I actually want to achieve outside of work, knowing that work is not everything. Just being a bit more self-aware in the decisions that I make and whether, okay, well, it's five o'clock, it's time to leave, or I could do another hour of work to try and get this stuff done so then I can give it to the next person like tomorrow, knowing that everyone else is not doing that. And I can actually go home on time, live my life and go and do some yoga or go and meditate or go and do some cooking or go for a walk or go to the gym or do something for me mm-hmm. outside of work. So I think finding that balance has been something that is really, really important and I hadn't been doing that very much. So you're saying <laughs> your goal is a conscious effort to leave at five every day? Yep. So my experience, I did do that with one of my jobs and then I kind of realised in a job or in life in general, there's times when it can get really, really busy. Yeah. So you have to stay have to later. compromise, yeah. yeah. Just even finding balance in that decision of going home early. Even if you are working late or doing some overtime, that then you actually take the extra time off weeks or days later so you're not overworking. I don't want to hit a point where I'm having a breakdown. Like I prefer Mm. to manage it and being aware helps you to manage it before you hit a point where you're just angry at everyone. You're not as productive at work because you're exhausted. It's a topic that... A lot of young people are talking about. Yeah. I was reading an article and I was also speaking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago about how there's this increase in mental health awareness and this crisis that I guess this generation is going through about mental health. And back in the day, religion was always some very integral part of life, whereas now a lot of young people aren't turning to religion so much but their work and that's why they can't get this fulfilment that you would get through having some faith. Wait, are you religious in any way? Uh, we're Catholic. So you understand how religion yeah. can give you support. The difference between, like you say, look at my grandfather who goes to church once a week, every Sunday at 8.30am, whereas you look at me and my sisters, we only go maybe once a year because it's Christmas time. Even then we don't know really <laughs> go then. But there's a, there's a real difference in that because we have so much going on in our lives and yeah. jobs and all of that. Like, I love that you brought this up because, yeah, I'm a little bit religious. I'm Buddhist. Mm. Definitely when I used to go to temple for Temple Scout every Sunday in the morning we would do a prayer and it will always ground me. And also the beliefs that Buddhist people believe in or the teachings that they teach us to do with being grateful and being respectful, not doing drugs because it's altering your mind. And even like eating vegetarian food when I'm at temple, it's just different to your normal everyday life. It's like a clean space. I can understand that now that we're not as religious that, yeah, we're kind of relying on ourselves a lot. 
you know, to have religion, to have something to guide us or to keep us grounded is really important. Yeah. It just clicked that we're searching for some fulfilment in life that religion would usually bring to people, Mm. but we're trying to find that through our work. So what led you to step back and think about your mental health in the workplace? What drove you to that point to say to yourself that you have to stop and do something about taking care of yourself and putting yourself first sometimes? I was burning out. I was working long hours. I was getting home late. I was not getting enough sleep. I was really emotional and I could feel the physical effects of anxiety and stress getting to me quite a lot. I'd have a lot of chest pain and would just be very jittery and a bit shaky and wasn't and able... you've never experienced this before? No. I've always been the type of person that maybe worries a little bit more than normal mm-hmm. person, but not to this extent. And I just needed to break away from it and start looking after myself and ended up going to see a psychologist and still seeing her at the moment has really helped with different techniques to deal with, firstly, when, when something happens in the workplace and you get triggered by something and then you get really anxious, how to deal with that situation. So they were all really good tips that I got from her. The main thing that I really needed was a break because I'd been working long hours every day and just not looking after myself. I'd be working on weekends as well. That was your decision to work the long hours? Yeah, because I felt like I needed to prove myself. Um, It's still a good trait, wanting to prove yourself and wanting to work hard. Being a perfectionist as well, knowing that you can't meet everyone's expectations 100% Mm. and you also can't meet yourself, like your own expectations 100% and being okay with that. Making the conscious decision to not burn myself out Mm. and work the hours that I have to and actually going and taking a break. Mm. going on a holiday. Catch yourself before you burn out and... And not going through that rabbit hole, those anxiety and overthinking and worrying, yeah. being able to catch it before it actually, you go too far and go, okay, it's okay. I'm just, I'm going through a moment here. I'm acknowledging it. Breathe. And then let's move on to the next thing. And I think that's where hobbies come in, finding things that you're passionate about doing outside of work and things that you're really interested in and doing like whether you're going on hikes or baking like I do growing up as a kid I was always in the kitchen I think from there it just sort of grew that I could experiment you know make cupcakes make a cake make some desserts it wasn't until maybe two years ago things started getting a little bit more serious in terms of people wanting me to make cakes for them actually giving me money for them Mm. I mainly try and, and make it that people just pay for the ingredients and then I make the cake yeah so how good is it that you have this passion that you started a long time ago there are people like myself, who didn't continue a passion from childhood to adult life, mm-hmm. I'll have to think, okay, what can I start doing? And podcasting is one of it now. <laughs> but that's really great that you had baking that where you can express yourself and find your kikai. <laughs> have you heard of that? that no. Kikai is when you do something and you're in a state of flow. It's not too hard. It's not too easy. And you're just in the zone. Apparently the happiest people are the people who are in their ikigai most of the time. So actually my psych did touch on that. She was just saying that obviously baking for you is something where you you enjoy it but it's also challenging and it's that right balance where you can actually get your flow. Flow is really important. On the topic of mental health, you mentioned that there's a book that you wanted to talk about and it's called... Eleanor Elephant is completely fined by Gail Honeyman. Yes, so 
It's a gorgeous book. It's funny. It's a little bit lighthearted, but it also touches on the topic of mental health. It's essentially about this young woman who thinks her life is completely fine, but you realise as the storyline goes on that she's not completely fine and has been affected by a lot of experiences that she's had as a child growing up and that she hasn't completely resolved. And the book's essentially about how she's developed relationships with people and they've been able to help her through that, those mental health issues. It's a really sweet book, something I would recommend anyone reading. It's a fiction book. Surprisingly, this author, she's I think in her mid-40s, but this is her debut novel and it's beautiful. That's a topic that I'm learning about at the moment as well, which is how you project yourself in situations can be influenced by things that's happened to you in the past and you might not be aware of it. If you see yourself acting the same way, in a negative way, to something that's triggered you, then Mm. maybe think more deeply about why, now that you're aware of that you're doing that, do you want to change how you react when you get triggered by that same thing again? I don't ever want to feel the effects of anxiety or stress not being able to react rationally, yeah, and Mm. something I want to continue just being aware of and, you know, once I feel like this, okay, stop for a second, go for a walk, take a deep breath, (laughs) the world will continue revolving around. That's good advice because I'm an emotional person, I'm a cancer, so (laughs) I'm full of emotions, so it's important that I do um, react to situations in a rational way so that I can get the respect from the person that I'm speaking to as well and they can hear me and not just see my emotions. <laughs> exactly. And I think in the industry that we're in as well, you've got to be rational in yeah. some sense. But even emotional in the sense that like, includes being angry or, yeah. you know. So to wrap up, I do have five quick questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Name one favourite thing that you pencil in for the weekend to help you recharge. I do yoga at some point over the weekend and I make it a decent session. So an hour, hour and a half. I have like a little online yoga thing that I use. Uh-huh. It's called the Yoga Collective. I've got a mat at home and I just put on my solar lamp and diffuser and... Wow, I can totally picture that. <laughs> Very peaceful. What is one routine that you know you need to prioritise during your week? During my week, I really think I need to be in bed by 9, 9.30 if it's a, a work day the next day. Has I, it been hard to continue that? Uh, it has been when you've got like events on after work or you, you're just distracted or whatever, but I really value my sleep. And I, I like, I'm a morning person as well. Getting up early is completely fine, but yeah. I need to be in bed by like 9.30, 10. Give me your top baking tip. Try and then try again and just keep trying until eventually it will work. How do you make the icing taste so good? Practice. <laughs> like... I've had so many different mishaps in the kitchen where I've used like two cartons of eggs or whatever and they've just all like whatever I've made has just not worked because eggs have curdled or something's just not worked right. It does get a little bit expensive but just keep trying. What's your favourite quote or mantra that you live by besides the flow one? It was actually something that my psychologist said to me recently. It's something that really stuck to me when we're talking about my anxiety and when I get triggered by things and in that moment when that happens she said to say to yourself this is a moment of suffering suffering is part of being human so may I be kind to myself and I just I love that so much because you need to be kind to yourself yeah and if you're not kind to yourself who are you expecting to be kind to you can't expect that from other people you give yourself that love and it, it goes back to you know you radiate out 
what you want back. So mm. the people that you surround yourself by are the, what sort of the person you want to be. So yeah. if you're not kind to yourself, you're kind to others. My next question is related to kindness. Oh, really? What's one act of kindness that you want to do more? You know what? I think just acknowledging other people, the things that they do and the the good stuff that they do, giving someone a little compliment or just encouraging them. I think that that's really sweet. You're so sweet. (laughs) And we all want to be seen. Like it's human nature to want to be seen and to want to be heard. So it's such a nice gift to give someone. I love that. Thank you so much for finishing today's episode. Yeah, it was something so beautiful. It's related to my podcast as well, which is showcasing how amazing everyone is. You've just listened to the Everyday People podcast with Nyung Bo. You can find out more about Adele's Cakes on Instagram at Adele Eats or find her on LinkedIn. Listen to more episodes of the Everyday People podcast with inspiring everyday people on iTunes or Spotify.